think we're live. Let me just, I forgot to open up our, my redundancy window here. Oh, we are, we are live. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Pals Pulls. Uh, it's the dynamic duo here. Uh, Tyler. Hey. And me, Sean. Uh, the rest of the, the crew, you know, they couldn't be bothered. Um, we had to make an exception this week to do this on Wednesday, uh, which is cool for us because it means that we get Thursday off and we get to talk about the books that much earlier. Uh, and speaking of the books, we've got four pretty, pretty interesting books this week. I think uh, we got uh, Marvel presents AXE Judgment Day number one or rather number two. Excuse me. That, that cover looks like um, when I'm trying to grab the chips that are laying underneath my desk at work like when i'm working just that's the, what the chips see before they get devoured you know what that if that's the case you're pretty buff dude did i ever oh yeah i mean obviously did i ever tell you about the recurring dream i've had for years um where i would i would be in a pack of oreos and i would assume i'm an oreo and just constantly see this hand take out each oreo one by one until i'm the last one and then the dream ends had it at least that three is, times in my life. That is absurd. Yeah. Sort of that reminds is, me of that cover. I don't know how to take that. That's really weird. Um, if anyone <laughs> does dream uh, dream therapy, dream uh, dream reading, I think that's the word I'm looking for, please let me know. Cause Sounds like you want to get eaten out, buddy. Um, hey, hey. Single ready to mingle, Sean. Let's go. <laughs> we also have Predator, number one. Not something Ooh, I that's a nice. That's reading, a nice cover. Is that a McNiven? Oh, I... The way I don't know. Um, I'll let's see if there's any signs. McNiven's uh, uh, signature. Finch. Oh, Finch. oh, where's my boy Finch been? Yeah, I miss David a bit, Finch. Me too, man. I was a big fan of him. You're a big fear. Uh, not fear itself. Uh, 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 what was the one? Um, the DC one. Fear. I, uh, God, we're getting old. Too many not events fear. in our head. Not, not fear state. You're not talking about fear state. No, 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 that's that's Batman. I feel like fear was in the, in the uh, in the title. I don't know. When you name a you name an event, uh, AXE uh, Avengers X Men Eternals Judgment Day number one presented by Marvel Comics. A couple other events just fall out. There's only so much space that I can keep in there. Well, speaking of events, uh, we have. An event tie-in, Dark Crisis, Worlds Without a Justice League, Green Lantern. That's also a mouthful. Yep. Don't yeah. know algebra now, thanks to that. Thank you. <laughs> and something a lot simpler, we have the physical debut of Love oh. Everlasting with Love Everlasting number one. I like the cover. Yeah, I don't know why I got this one. I just, I've seen the OG cover way too many times. So I just... Wanted something different. I had to Photoshop it into um, when we first made the announcement, so I um, I futzed around with that one a lot, so I, I've seen that cover a lot myself. Yeah. Well, before we get into the reviews of these fine books, let me tell you fine folks how you can support this fine podcast. Uh, there's always a link tree that will give you a link to all of our stuff in this, the description of anything we do. But of course, I want to shout out patreon.com slash thecomicspals where for as little as $3 a month, you can support your boys. And you can get our newsletter this week. I kind of talked a little bit more about the uh, Batgirl, Warner Brothers Discovery situation. Still on my brain, so I wanted to kind of get some of that out there. So um, that's what you're going to expect this week. You can also check out our exclusive Patreon show, Palling Around. And uh, you can get your name shouted out on the main show. You can get a, a superhero or supervillain nickname uh, and a weekly shout-out on the main show over on our Patreon page. Uh, if you want to watch this live, twitch.tv slash thecomicspals every single Thursday. Today is Wednesday. We're watching live. Uh, we needed to do it on Wednesday, and unfortunately, Marco couldn't join us. But, um, uh, you know, normally you could catch us on Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern and 10.15 a.m. Eastern on Saturdays for the main show. Uh, Chainsaw Man Book Club. Keep watching. Keep watching it. Uh, convince us to do a, 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 another group of volumes. I'm ready. I'm ready. If you want you the, the Manga Pals to be a thing, I'm ready. I, I'm about to cancel my subscription, man. 
I, to, I, to, I to Shonen Jump? Yeah. Or, or to the Comics Pals in general? Shonen Jump. Okay. I can't cancel my subscription to this. Fair, fair. Yeah, I can't do a one-man show. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's talk about AXC Judgment Day number one. Or number two. Why do I keep saying number one? Um, Kieran Gillen, Valerio Schiti, Martha Gracia, and Clayton Cowles. Uh, you know, oh, that, doesn't, really, that doesn't sound good. I really liked the first one. I really did. I really did. Um, this was what I dreaded the first one would be. Hmm. Way too much narration. Way too much. There was a lot. Yeah, it was, it was brutal. The first page, I'm just, I'm gonna show it. The first page is just all these random civilian people, you know, what they think about what's going on. Um, just a bunch of uh, NPCs there. Yeah, all narrated by. I'm assuming it's Arisham the judge. Um, am I, that's correct. That's what you got too, right, Tyler? Um, yeah, it's whoever that that got that uh, that um, celestial is that they reanimate, uh, yeah. which I believe is Arishem. Yeah, yeah, it's that's kind of the main celestial, anyways. That's the um, one in the movie, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, okay. Um, I always have thought in the comics that well, he I guess he was dead, but that he had gone crazy, just like they showed in the movie. Um, so I guess maybe he's cleansed or maybe he is crazy. I don't know. I think that's the premise of it too. Um, yeah. As to why he's quote unquote dead. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the narration just took me so far out of the book that I had a hard time enjoying much. Yeah, I had a, this was a bit of a slog for me too. I think it definitely helps having, a. Valerio Skeety on it, because mm. um, damn that shit looked good. Yeah. Uh, specifically, like a couple panels that jump out to me is like when uh, Exodus is getting rebirthed uh, from the egg. Mm. Dude is uh, svelte. Um, there's just one panel. Uh, it was like a middle panel of uh, magic, just looking, looking back, uh, like over her shoulder, Alex Jones style. Um, <laughs> and the way it's lit and the way it's colored and like it's just like this one panel that doesn't really mean much but it just looks so good it's like a good magic panel and i'm a big fan of magic trying to see if i can find that again it's not a significant panel but it jumped out to me for some reason so i can gush over the art in this it is a damn good looking book um but yeah it was uh it was a lot to get through this this is essentially one giant kaiju battle spread out across an entire issue um, that is then being narrated by a less charismatic version of the machine from uh, Gillen's Eternals run. Uh, a much more robotic, a much more uh, black and white version of that. Um, I, I will say that I am intrigued where we go from here. Uh, this kind of seemed like one of those things where, like, oh, we got to get all the exposi- exposition out of the way, kind of get all our pieces on the board um, so that we can tell the story we're actually going to tell, um, which by the by the time this issue is done, is, I kind of feel like we get to that point. Um, yeah. But there, were, there was just a lot to read in this to the point where, like, some of the art was even covered because like, there's just so many little little boxes everywhere, you know? Yeah, that and that was a huge surprise. I mean, I've complained on this podcast about, you know, Kieran Gillen, who I think is super talented, just overwriting stuff. Not a problem in Immortal, uh, Immortal X Men, um, but I just I don't know. This was too much for me. And then the fact that it covered up some of the art, like you said, that's a huge no no. Um, and you got to figure that that's frustrating from an art standpoint to do the work and then have to have it covered up um and and you know it was pretty egregious uh and again i'm all i love dialogue obviously you know i (laughs) want good (laughs) i want good quality dialogue unfortunately for me i don't even remember anything that was said in this comic there weren't any like really great standout lines you know when you read an event you, you, you there's lines you remember like 
you know, and there's nothing from this yet. I did like the Cyclops bit where he's like, well, I should have uh, planned for uh, the Eternals coming with giant uh, giant monsters to destroy the island. Well, I guess I guess I missed the obvious. Like, I thought that was a fun little bit. Like, the master yeah. strategist that is Cyclops um, kind of uh, being a little funny during this catastrophic moment. Yeah, that, it was a cute line. But, I, like, it doesn't feel epic. As bad as this situation is for them, and, you know, basically what's going on is... Uh, Krakoa is under siege by these. Uh, I don't know if they're exactly celestials. But I think they're they technically Eternals. Right. Yeah. With the giant right, right. kaiju. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know it's it's a it's a rough battle, um, and there are a lot of lives that are lost. But it, for some reason, it doesn't feel that grim to me. Like it doesn't feel like. It's on the line, you know, like in, in Dark Crisis, not to compare, but in Dark Crisis, um, even though the end is completely transparent, the Justice League will come back. I care about that journey right now. Um, I feel like these characters are at risk. We've seen some people die already. And of course, for them, you know, they don't have the ability to just instantly resurrect, whereas the mutants do. So because of that, something more has to be at stake than just them dying, because them dying is, you know, irrelevant. Um, and I'm not getting the stakes here. At the end, I did with Arisham. That, yeah. But the battle felt inconsequential. I thought the, the stakes were supposed to be that the... the What's it called? The um place where all the eggs are? Uh, Abermagna? The Cradle. The Cradle, is it? Cradle, the Cradle. The cradle yeah. yeah. The Cradle was under siege, and they knew where to attack and where to destroy to prevent them from, from resurrecting going forward. I thought that's yeah. what the stakes were, but, like, there weren't actually... Like, those are big idea stakes, rather than, like, if the Cradle was then destroyed, the stakes would be, oh, now whoever dies, it's permanent. But did it even seem like the Cradle was that at risk? No. Not until the end where he started, like, attacking the island itself. I was like, oh, okay, hold on a second. Right. Um, but then we get the quick turn of uh, Arisham showing up, so. Yeah. Uh, again, the art was good. I enjoyed the, uh, and I said before I, there wasn't anything memorable dialogue-wise. I did enjoy the conversation between Captain America and uh, Cyclops. Um, yeah. There's I like a lot that of relationship. history there. Yeah. Cap kind of calling Cyclops out for keeping secrets, and Cyclops giving you know saying the right thing, saying the only thing you, that, that makes sense, which is like, well, why would I tell you anything? Like, because of our <laughs> <For> history, <laughs> what reason would I have to tell you anything? You know, it's accurate, and I like when Cap get kind of gets called on his bullshit a little bit. Yeah, yeah, because those two are cut from the same cloth in a way. Yeah, um, but they've been. Um, I guess rivals is a, is a better word for it. Uh, uh, I guess when Scott went full evil in uh, was AVX towards the end there, uh, it was more of a villainous versus hero uh, dichotomy. But He was um, abducted by the Phoenix, fair, be fair. Sure, sure, sure. I mean, hey, I, I'm a big proponent in, in uh, Cyclops is right. So That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, um, where, where do you think this story goes? I think it's gonna it's going to become a situation where the Eternals are required to stop Arishem. That's the only way that it can be done, and they're going to have to deal with overcoming their prime directive to help the Avengers and the X Men defeat the Celestial. That's what it seems like. And like I I like the idea of having a defeat a Celestial being a big deal, Arishem. I'm into that. I like the way this book ended, that that big twist yeah. or whatever. But that's not what I bought the, into this for. Yeah, because my question is, then where's the conflict? Right. It's it's heroes versus big robot, which that is dumbing it down to the the lowest common denominator there. But like, sure, this this wasn't really billed as you know Avengers versus. X-Men versus um, Eternals. I think there might have been some assumptions that were made um, based on the, the marketing of it uh, because it harkened back to like Inhumans versus X-Men or AVX. Um, yeah. 
But like now we know what the judgment day part of it is. Um, right. I'm just curious, like who who's going to be on the side of like, well, you know, Arshim's right. You know, like if there is some ideological divide, that's what I'm interested in. Something like like the reason why Civil War was so good because yeah. there was an ideological divide. You know, and I think we have when you have players like like a Druig or a Mr. Sinister, like and there could be that divide there. Um, but I just don't see it yet. There's potential, but I don't see it yet. The problem is that I think I think that divide has to come from characters who would other it, it, who otherwise stand together. Um, sure, yeah. like that's why Civil War worked. If it's Druig and Sinister who side with Arishem, um, I don't, you know, yeah, bad guys being bad. What's new? Yeah, exactly. Uh, the Eternals Prime Directive pulling them toward his side. That could be interesting. Um, but again, it's kind of like here are these characters who can't help what they have to do. I don't know how compelled I am by that. And that's my issue. So I'm not quite sure where this is going to go. I could see a fight breaking out between the Eternals and the X-Men in defense of the Celestial. But ultimately... If the Celestial's the big bad, that doesn't do it for me. And if they're going to introduce that concept, I think issue three diving into that is a little bit late. Kind of reminds me of the argument that you and Marco made against um, uh, Dark Crisis. Dark, Dark Crisis, yeah. How many issues is it? Six? I believe it's six. I believe it's okay. six. Let me see okay. if there's an indication here. Uh, it looks like it's going to be six. Yeah, five so core issues and then an, an Omega issue. I mean, we're not even halfway there, and it's made more forward momentum than Dark Crisis, I feel, <laughs> at least in terms of overarching plot, um, whereas Dark Crisis is already halfway there. Um, sorry, Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths. Um, it's not that yet. Fair, fair. Um, I don't know. Um, I still have faith in the team. To like say, all right, no, uh, I'm, I'm, I still believe in you guys. You know, I think you can pull something out here. Um, but it wasn't the most fun for me. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It wasn't I didn't I didn't have a good time reading it. And you're right, the creative team is super capable, and the first one knocked mm -hmm. my socks off. So if 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 the third one can pick it back up, that's cool with me. I'm still interested, but you know. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta get to the characters being compelling. You know, I don't like plot-centric events, if that makes sense. I want character-driven events. Fair. And I think that's Fair. why I'm enjoying Dark Crisis more. We're seeing those character moments. This is just beat, 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 without character work being included yet. I just had a, a, a horrible flashback, though. So I'm like, oh, let me think of another character-driven event. Oh, Civil War II, where it was just character, and it was mischaracterized characters, and there was no real plot. Uh, that was brutal. Looked hey, good. but the concept was awesome. Uh, sure. It was the character, the character assassination of Carol Danvers, what that was. Let's not even get into that. Uh, sorry, I just... I, like, like, Civil War II is like my heroes in crisis. What? Uh, all right, fine. That's fair. Although Heroes in Crisis should be your Heroes in Crisis, because uh, no. that no. that was rough. Stand by it. No, you don't. You said you said la sure. last year that you didn't stand. Yeah, by I stand it. by it. I, I stand. Okay, I will stand by it in in against uh, Civil War Two. Civil War Two is a travesty, in my opinion. It is. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it definitely is. Um, uh, and I think I think I met Bendis the year that came out, and I told him I really liked it. You fucking liar! I did, yeah. <laughs> I think I did. Yeah, I had to. Um, whole, but if issue three doesn't pick it back up, I'm gonna have to change my tune. I'm kind of in the same boat as you. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. we're in we're in agreement here. But I'm also like I'm just like a comic book uh, fanboy, so like if it's an event book, poll is usually the default in my mind. 
Um, oh yeah, I'm. That's just for the audience. I'm pulling it no matter what. You know what sure. I'm saying? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're you're a mark. You're an unabashed yeah. mark. Same. Exactly. I got it. Make no bones about that. What I'm not a mark for is Predator. Hmm. I I've never encountered Predator anything. I maybe I watched the movie never on TBS watched. when I was a kid, but I don't. Predator, remember. Predators Two, To Catch a Predator, nothing like that. That I've seen. Okay. All right. And you want to hear something really funny? Oh, boy. Uh, what did I unleash here? <laughs> okay. Well, first of all, please. So during the pandemic, uh, my girlfriend and I got really, really into watching To Catch a Predator clips on YouTube, <laughs> which there was just this deluge of, of clips posted. And um, so for my birthday, she thought it would be really funny and cool to get me Wait, wait, can I? Oh, I was going to say Chris Hansen cameo. (laughs) Yep, that's exactly what it was. Yeah, so I have that. Uh, Were you watching the one where a guy uh, showed up naked and he brought uh, razors? I've seen everyone. Yo. That's a depressing show. (laughs) That is a rough, rough bit of business. And like that, like during its prime, it was like when AIM was a thing. So like there's a little chat room, like. Oh, you hear the creaking so door good. open when they're back online, you know. Yep. Did you ever watch the the modern ver? It's not called To Catch a Predator. It's called like some something with Chris Hansen. It's a YouTube show. I just um, know that he got caught uh, himself. No, he did not. Uh, cheating, and I didn't finish. He got caught cheating by his wife. Oh, okay. And then like a okay. private investigator like caught him in the act with the camera, which yeah. I thought was like, hey, my might have to turn tables. There's a fuck, dude. Listen, you want to cheat on your wife? You go right ahead. You want to do something with kids? Sure. No, there's a there's a there's, a there's a. <laughs> I mean, please call the police. But also, yeah, yeah, maybe don't call a uh, guy with a. Hor- <laughs> I'm not gonna say he has a drinking problem, but I've seen modern, uh, you know, modern day pictures of him. Let's just say, dude, why? Wh- what is this? What is this bash fest? Chris Hansen. He's a he's a hero. Tell his wife that. All right, listen. <laughs> do you think Do you think Gandhi's a hero? Oh, Gandhi did some shit. All right, but do you think Gandhi's yeah. a hero? I think Ben Kingsley is for playing Gandhi in that movie. All right, let's talk about Predator. Um, <laughs> this is this is uh, this is by Ed Brisson. Ed Brisson being given one of the big uh, IP books, so that's especially cool right now. Ooh. Yeah. Right, with Prey having just come Prey out. Prey lighting up the Hulu charts. The uh, most watched first day release of any Hulu movie or TV show. Unreal. Which is wild, wow. yeah. And it's got like a 90-something or like a high 80s on Rotten Tomatoes from like both ends. It's it's doing good. Predator's yeah, a hot I, commodity again. I want to make some time to watch it. Um, Same. It's been getting rave reviews. Uh, the art's by Kev Walker. Uh, real good Kev Walker stuff, Oof, I thought. Yep. Yeah. Um, yep. Frank the Armada on colors and letters by Clayton Cowles. So I don't know anything about the Predator, like I said. So I read the, I, and I never really do this, but Marvel includes a recap page in almost all their books. I read it too. Yeah. Yeah. And it gave me exactly what I needed to know. I don't know why I read it either. Something drew me to it. I don't know what it yeah. was. I, uh, I didn't know shit. <laughs> but like, I, I, I had to read it in my head. Like, this, like, it felt important. Dude, that's weird. I don't think I don't think of letters uh, like a recap page made me like subconsciously trick me into reading it. I wonder why. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so so that was it. Kind of set us up. Gives you the. Uh, I guess it tells you what happens in all the movies. Yeah, like the general. Yep. Besides the alien happens. versus predator ones, it doesn't mention those. Right. Which that, fair. They, they yeah. Kept that. Yeah, because we don't talk about that. But, um, and then it gets into it gets right into the story, of you know this this family and a girl who you know is off doing her own thing gets away from her family it's in the deep future i think it's in the 2050s um and uh her family just gets annihilated by a predator and it jumps between that story and the story of her as an adult uh trying to you know catch a predator um (laughs) she is the the future chris hansen yes indeed yeah 
and that, and that's what the story is and it's a very simple story yep but i think i thought it was really effective i thought uh ed was able to hone in on you know our main character theta's feelings of you know guilt and also her desire for revenge um and establishing that even though she has been on this mission for quite some time and she has had some success these predators are still scary you know uh, the, the universe over the galaxy over they're they're a threat so honestly this was my book of the week out of the four yeah i think um, it was mine too i thought it was a super super simple way to tell like just a good meat and potatoes predator story so the predator stories are never really about the predators it's about the prey you know which is what the most recent movie i guess seems to lean in on um Typical but this prey, show, yeah. this prey doesn't fuck around. This prey is a hunter of predators. So it's, it's almost like a Moby Dick story, I feel like, where, where she's looking for her great white whale, um, this, this specific predator who is missing a mandible um, who killed her family. Um, it's violent. It's, uh, the, the way it jumps between the past and the present, I think, is really well done because um, you, you're learning about our, our, our POV character. Um, from both sides of her equation when she's already this hardened predator hunter and then when she's a hopeless child um, I think bouncing back and forth makes me actually like her more because I'm getting both sides of her um, it is uh, pretty violent in, its, and in the way it kills things which you know it's a predator it, it's a predator thing you gotta have that yeah. you know there's a giant headshot where this guy gets you know his head exploded you don't even see like the bits and pieces of it um Real good um, sound effect work. Mm-hmm. Um, the onomatopoeia there. Um, yeah, that was really good. I'm a big Kev Walker guy. Um, I think Avengers Arena jumps out to me as like one of my favorite things he's done. Uh, but oh, uh, wow, I didn't read that. Wow. Oh, that's a good one, man. That's that whole era of Marvel with the young, the young heroes. Um, they never really became young Avengers, but uh, through like uh, Avengers Academy into Arena, real whirlwind of stuff. Uh, even even takes in some uh, initiative stuff too, so. Oh okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I thought it was really good. Uh, it, it didn't need to be anything else. You know what I mean? Like. Um, right. It it I think it's smart bringing it to the future because you can have you can you know, play with a little more of the sci-fi element of it. Um, you bring it into a modern day setting, then I don't know. You get then you get Predator Two, um, which. Uh, Sean, if you don't know much about Predator, not not great. It's not That's great. That's the one to skip. That's the one with uh, Danny Glover, I believe, as the uh, our main our main police officer, I believe. Wow. Yeah, okay. I mean, it's it's watchable, but it ain't great. Um, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was really fun. Um, I uh, again, it's super simple, so I don't really know what to really say about it. Um, but that is just like a really solid book. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, frankly, I think you said it all. Like, it's it accomplishes exactly what it needs to do, uh, almost flawlessly. The only minor gripe I had was just again too much narration. Not narration so much as like, you know, the ship's dialogue. I thought you hate much. machines talking. I really yeah because it's <laughs> always. I actually it's funny. I actually love machines talking. But it's almost always done in a way that's grating and annoying. You ever watch Moon? No. That's why I think uh, David Bowie's son, who directed the Warcraft movie, really good movie. Uh, Kevin Spacey plays like a like a, the spaceship AI. Um, it's very very good. Um, that might change that's your mind a, on, on on spaceship AI. It's a fantastic. Well, but that's sci-fi another movie. thing. I think it works way better when you can actually hear it. I fair. Think. Fair. Yeah, I think I think in comics it doesn't translate the same way. Like a HAL situation for two thousand one, a space odyssey sort of thing. Okay. Yeah, you get that. Um, so yeah, I, I do think this is this is my book of the week as well. Um, I, I didn't expect that at all. Oh, I didn't at all. Yeah, yeah, I just was like, hey, it's Ed Brisson and Kev Walker. I'm sure it'll be solid, but I don't know anything about Predator. I had no idea what the concept was going to be. This was great. If you pick up one book. That was not on your pull list this week. I think it should be this because you'll be surprised. I agree, and it's like typically IP books scare me away. 
They're not yep. historically that good because you're kind of forced to play around what you actually know, you know, yeah. so you don't mess up their movies or whatever, or their TV shows or whatever. Um, they work their way around that really well in this. Yep. Uh, fantastic job. Really, yep. really, really good stuff. Now on to the next uh, event. Well, this is an event tie-in book, but the next event book. Dark Crisis, Worlds Without a Justice League, Green Lantern, number one. Say that five times fast. No, um, thanks. Yeah, I don't recommend yeah. it. So it's worth explaining again for anyone who's confused that the characters who were there whenever, uh, uh, what's the guy, Pariah? Pariah, yeah. Like, annihilated them, the, the Justice League members who were present for that, they're not dead. They are essentially being used. Their their energies are being used to rebuild the infinite Earths, the infinite worlds. And each issue of Worlds Without a Justice League, each, uh, each title is giving us a look at what is going on for the character who is whose energy is funneling into this this rebuilding process. And that's what we get here with Green Lantern. There's a John Stewart focused book. And it presents him I don't know if you got this vibe. I got almost Superman vibes. Yeah, him. yeah. I was getting literally when he has the the hammer, I was getting John Henry yeah. Irons. John Henry, uh, yeah, I thought of Steel. I was thinking well. of uh yeah, Steel and um uh, Black Hammer, honestly. Like this oh. weird kind of alternate DC-ish type world. Um, yep. So I was getting that that kind of vibe. I, um, you know what? I really liked it. I really did. Okay. Okay. It's not, I don't think it's a great comic book. That's why it's not my book of the week. But rarely do you get a book where a character like Jon Stewart who... It's weird. Outside of the comics, I think Jon Stewart is a lot more popular and prominent yeah. than inside the comics. He's the most recognizable Green Lantern, I feel, because of the, the JLA at JLU uh, cartoon. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so for me, you know, even though I know that, I, I didn't watch a lot of that. I know Green Lantern from the books. Mm -hmm. And in the comics, Hal Jordan's the guy. So I love a comic book like this that gives me FaceTime with Jon Stewart, even though it's not actually in continuity. But he's celebrated here. He's presented as like a, a hero's hero, um, this real heroic figure. And, and this issue, uh, I didn't, I, I neglected to say the creative team, but uh, it's written by uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson. Um, and, you know, Johnson is a war veteran. Johnson is a, is a you know, I guess you could, you could say, yeah, a war, a war hero. Yeah, and so the way that um, uh, th the way that um, John is presented, I was almost reminded of that. Like, what he wants to do is be at home with his family, protect the ground. You know what I'm saying? But what he's called to do is go fight, go risk his life, go be away from his family to protect. You know, the way he the way he's able to protect his family is by going to outer space and putting his life on the line. And yeah. how crazy that is, you know, to, to have to do. And I, 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 I don't know. I got something out of that. Um, I did not care much for this, honestly. Um, I didn't feel there was... Like, yeah, it's a good little um, character introspective into who Jon Stewart is at his core. You know, he's the protector. Bringing in that, the fact that he's an architect and that he's finally doing the thing that he wants to do. I always, I always like when, you know, writers remember that, oh, John Stewart's an architect. That's why he's the best at, like, constructs right? Uh, compared to everyone else. Like, him and Kyle are the big two because Kyle's an artist, John's an architect. Um, just their brains are wired that way. I thought that was a good thing, how they kind of stressed that. And, like, that's what his happy place would be. Um, but there's this nameless villain that it looks like it's like the Omega I had the Omega symbol on it. So it looks like it's a bit of the, the darkness, I guess, coming seeping through um, that they're, they're fighting in the main dark crisis book. Um, but it just didn't feel, I hate to say this, but it didn't feel important. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Like it, it, it felt like, it felt like, uh, big two event tie in one shot, which is what it is, but it didn't feel like it was trying to be anything more than what it was. If that makes sense. It does. Um, the the uh, Superman issue of this felt like it had more gravity. Mm-hmm. I think that's because it was showing us something that it felt like the lost. It felt like almost like the lost era for Superman and uh, his son John, and it felt like you could slot it in to some degree into what Superman's life really is, um, even though it didn't happen. This. Sure doesn't uh it doesn't go out of its way to like be big uh for lack of a better term and maybe some of the stuff i said about like you know john stewart being this this like you know veteran of war not not literally but just in concept that he's the hero of this world and he has to fight and you know go do these things maybe that could have been more uh emphasized Maybe Philip could have brought more of that to the forefront. Um, but, again, I think just as a John Stewart story, small scale as it may be, especially when you consider the art, uh, the, the Fernando Blanco art, Jordi Valer sure. did the colors, and Troy Pateri did the uh, Yeah, the I letters. did like the art. I thought there were some interesting designs there. Um, I think it was, uh, speaking of uh, Steel, uh, Steel's daughter was there as uh, one of the lanterns. Right, right. Um, so that was like a little little nod to that. Um, I thought the art was fine. I, I love when you can draw more Green Lanterns. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like a fun character, a fun type of character to draw. Um, for me, that was kind of the, the strength of it. A lot of tentacles too, gang gang. Um, oh, but God. yeah. Just bring back a bit from my old podcast. That never mind. You guys don't even listen to that. Sure. It doesn't exist anymore. Sure did. Um, so would you? Pull or pass? Mm, I'd pass. This is a pass for me. Man, I think I, I would pull if you if you're interested in in John Stewart. But otherwise, okay. you know, if you're if you're not really trying to drop five but five dollars, which I was surprised this was a five dollar comic. Because um, there's a Hawk Girl backup in it. That didn't that didn't justify the price tag. I I didn't yeah. have cared less. <laughs> that, that that did less than <laughs> Than the main story did in terms of uh, telling you uh, what's happening. Yeah. I, I would have preferred if that didn't, if that wasn't there, and this was just a four dollar book. Same. And I think that's something that uh, DC's got to get better about because they stuff backups into a lot of their comics that are just not needed. Like, what was the point of this one? The the Hawkgirl backup. Yeah. Just because she's a character that presumably in the story has to have her own world because she was in the justice league, but we don't want to give her a full issue. Right. So, yeah, fair enough. They did that did, with did the Superman too. one. Have a, Oh, it was Aquaman. That was, yeah. Okay. And that one was, inc- that one was like incomprehensible. Really? Like I, like I defy you to go read that and tell me what happened. Like it was, it was absurd. I'm almost there. I'm almost caught up to that, to that week. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's, it's, it's tough. Speaking of um, speaking of incomprehensible, let's talk about Love Everlasting, number one. Really? Well, we'll talk about it. So this is okay. Tom King, Elsa Chartier. Hopefully I got that uh, right. Chartier, yeah, yeah, I think you're in, you're in the in ballpark. The ballpark. Yeah. Uh, Matt Hollingsworth did the colors, Clayton Cowles on letters, and Tom Muller did the designs. Always a pleasure to see him. Hmm. Um. So you Do tell get, me what you got up. I so oh, I by got. The way, the, I'm sorry. Yeah. Real quick, this is uh, the physical release of a Substack comic. So Tom and Elsa have a Substack where this is the basis of it, and we're finally caught up to the physical release stuff. So this is like four tales from that. Yeah. Put together. So go ahead. So I think it reads much better as this this single issue. Um. Because we kind of get what the hook is, sort of. You get a taste of it. So this is a play on classic, you know, romance comics of, of yesteryear. Um, you know, they're, they're, it plays on the different uh, time periods. We get like this, this, you know, working girl, you know, 
post-war kind of setting. We get the Western setting. We get this psychedelic hippie setting in it. Um, and it's all, you know, tackling the t- traditional tropes of romance comics. You know, like, oh, I'm in love with my friend's, you know, boyfriend. Oh, I'm in love with the guy my parents say I can't be in love with. And I like that because we don't really get something that straightforward in comics anymore. But throughout all these different stories, it's the same main character, Joan, I believe her name is. Yes, Joan. Um, she's realizing like, oh, I remember the stuff from the other stories you just read. So there's this thread throughout that is kind of smelling like some kind of sci-fi element to it. Um, that, you know, by the end of the this first issue, you know, she has another like post-war love story where she's in love with a guy who's terminally ill. Um, and then she just looks in the mirror and says, oh, fuck. Like, it's, she knows something's up. So it's hooked me to, to the point where I'm like, I'm very interested. But also, uh, this is my type of art. Um, Darwin Cook, you know, RIP, uh, is one of my favorite artists of all time. And uh, Elsa is kind of continuing that uh, feel that, that Darwin kind of had. It's a super clean and cartoony, almost Paul Dini-like um, art style yes. yeah. um, that I love. I love. And the fact that it can kind of tackle all these different time periods, it's, it's, it's right down my alley, honestly. Um, do I really know what's going on? No. No, I don't. But I'm intrigued enough to, to give this at least an issue, too. And I think that's what I meant by incomprehensible. For sure. Sure. Yeah, it's purposely. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, each individual story, you know, is a, a romance story. And, you know, as you get past the first one, you kind of see, oh, wait, uh, something is wrong here. Uh, this this woman, Joan, is going through something. Um, and it's, it's sort of meta in that sense, like you pointed out. I enjoyed all that. I thought that was great. And the art... I, I also really liked. Um, I have never been exposed to Elsa's work before. Hmm. Um, I don't know if you have, but I thought it was really good. Unstoppable Wasp by Jeremy Whitley was drawn by her. That was the uh, oh wow Na- Natasha, I believe, not Nadia wow. or something yeah, like that. The new, yeah, the new the new Wasp, right? Yes, yes, that was that was Elsa. Wow. Okay. Cool. Um, and I well, who I've met at first... I've met at New York Comic Con. Very very nice person. Yeah, Elsa's oh, yeah? great. Yeah. Cool. This is back when I was trying to get interviews and stuff uh, for my old podcast. So, you were trying to get interviews. Uh, I did one interview the whole time. Yep. <laughs> Didn't try hard enough, apparently. Uh, but Elsa was cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, but you know, for a first issue, it introduces a mystery. But I really feel like that's all it did. Like, yeah, you know, King's dialogue is slavish to the romance style of dialogue from yesteryear Mm -hmm. and that's cool nothing wrong with that but i think you have to kind of like that to Mm -hmm. really get anything out of this so far and i'm i've never been exposed to it i didn't really care i don't care if she falls in love with ricky or bobby you know i I want to know why this (laughs) i want to know why this is happening to her i'm do my hands um, it's it's only a two ninety nine. Oh, oh no, it's three ninety nine. Never mind. Almost was, drew the line. Not quite. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was about to say, oh, for two ninety nine, sure thing. But um, you know, if if issue two gets where gets us to where mm-hmm. we're starting to understand, yeah. sure, I trust Tom King. Tom King is phenomenal, and he's been on a roll. Yeah, the, uh, Tom King did this before he was big. He, it was one of those um. DC, I think it was like the like they had these anthologies years back where they did kind of um, themes uh, and everyone would write little stories in it. Tom King wrote this short story about um, time travel where a guy went back in time to kill uh, a baby Hitler, I believe. Um, phenomenal. That was like the first Tom King I ever read. I remember like listening to it on iFanboy or something because they were like, oh, this is the guy that was in our forums, you know? Um, oh, wow. Yeah. So um, knowing like I have faith in him to do something that's not even a big two property, you know, like Tom King doesn't really like all of his big things are IP vision, 
hell, fucking Omega Men still technically IP as much as they won't ever touch those characters outside of Tom King, I bet. Um, but like his creator own stuff, we don't, there's not much outside of like Sheriff of Babylon that I can think of. Um, oh boy, yeah, that's the only thing that comes to mind. So uh, just the idea that we get a Tom King creator own book with such a distinct artist. That's enough to keep me going at least a couple issues, honestly. I can't imagine reading this week to week as the way it was for Substack. Yeah. Because I would have lost the thread long ago. Yeah. Um, but I think as, uh, I guess, four of these issues are in one here, um, now I'm interested. Yeah. I, uh, I'm, I'm hesitant to say pull this. Hmm. But I think the reason why I'm going to pull this week for this book is because of the creative team. Yep. And because I feel like if this was all it was going to be, right? And obviously it's not. Like, it's clearly more. Um, if, 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 it, if that were all it was going to be, that would not be worth publishing. As yeah. much as, like, this is nice, right? If it was just, hey, this girl's in love with all these different people, that would not be worth publishing. Whatever's happening underneath this is the hook. It's the reason why they're doing this. It's the reason why it was worth putting a substack together. And that's what I want. Yeah. I want and that reason. And right now we've only seen the, like, the tip of the hook. Like, we don't yeah. know what the hook is really. Yeah. Exactly. So I'll pull with that comment. That's fair. Yeah, I'm going to pull as well. Um, I just think it's a pretty, pretty strong creative team. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's nice to look at. So. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're, like, you're like a fan of like classic Archie books or something like that. Like That kind of feeling is there. So. Yeah. 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 So that's it for our reviews. Now, normally we would jump in to uh, Comics Tab. But unfortunately, Marco was called into work last minute. Yeah. Yep. So uh, he was tasked with reading uh, the first couple of issues of Grant Morrison's Batman. You'll hear from him next week on that. Uh, but unfortunately, that means we don't have a Comics Tab. Do you want to wax poetic about this for a little bit? Let's do it. Sure. We got time to fill. I love this shit, man. This is my Batman. Like, this is where I... This is where I started reading Batman. Strange, <laughs> strange as it may be, it was, was Grant Morrison's run. Like, it was during Grant Morrison's one run where I went back and I read, like, Long Halloween. I read... Uh, I think I read Dark Victory at some point, you know? Mm-hmm. It was... This was the, the, uh, the gateway drug for me to Batman. Um... And it is just uh, Morrison seeds stuff in issue one that he does. You don't get payoff till on like before, right before he leaves the book, you know, um, or, or they, sorry, rather um, Morrison is uh, a master at this. I think this is one of the best Batman runs of all time. Uh, definitely the longest, right? I, I uh, want to say so. Uh, I mean, Tom went for Tom, Tom went for a while, right? But, I mean, if you, if you consider the run to be everything from Batman 5, whichever, 5-5, five, five, whatever, to the uh, end of uh, Batman Incorporated, I think he's got it. Or they, I'm sorry. Geez. Yeah, yeah. I think well, well, I think, I, I'm curious to see if I'm just tricking myself because of the amount of different books there were. It was, you know, Batman, then it was Batman and Robin, then it was Batman... Uh, uh, resurrected? What was the the one where he's throughout space or whatever? Oh, that oh space and God. time. Uh, the long, the return of Bruce Wayne. Yeah, yeah, which is in the collected uh, the Omnibuy. Sure is. I got um, that. Uh, is that where we get like Barbados originally? Mm-hmm. At least that I can think of. Um, yeah, man, this is this is good stuff. It's a good Joker too. Batman RP is a good Joker. It's. I thought it was great Joker. Yeah. Uh, it's Joker that. I think a lot of the the modern uh, the writers who came after Grant and tackled Batman were inspired mm-hmm. by not necessarily that exact presentation, but the idea that the Joker could so radically change. Yep, uh, wasn't something that it was something that happened in the books, but I don't think it was something that a writer had really vocalized. People knew the Joker was a malleable character, but that this was a reinvention that the character did to himself as a part of like a rebirthing process. I think that's something that we're seeing. We even recently saw three Jokers by uh, Jeff Johns. 
I don't know if there's a three Jokers book if it's not for Grant kind of um, vocalizing this idea. Yeah, or even think of how how Snyder had many iterations of the Joker yeah. throughout his run. Um, yeah. And like I think for me, one of the big things about this is that it introduces a lot of characters that have had staying power since. Damien. Damien, first and foremost. Um, I think it rejuvenates Talia in a way. Um, it made, her, uh, it made yeah. her a main player. Yeah, Dr. Hurt, uh, Professor Pig. You know, Pig, I think Professor Pig is one of those like side rogues gallery characters that I think is he's 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 on the cusp for like he's a big moment, you know, a pig moment one would say. Um like I think it's like a, like make that the next villain of uh of uh Pattinson's Batman. Like I think I there could be something list. there. Yeah, yeah. I love Professor Pig, man. Like the dolls and stuff. Ugh. But even like the Red Hood was a big uh you know reinvention of that character too. So uh, for me, do, I mean, yeah, go ahead. Do we know how far Mar- Marco got? No, right? No, I, I'm, I'm not sure. He said he had um, thoughts, though, so we'll, we'll have it next yeah, week. He, yeah. yeah, he said he had, he said he had thoughts. Um, it's my favorite run of all time, I think. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. So this came at a time in my life where, like, I was clinging to comics as, like, a lifeline, dude. And Fair, yeah. I was I was scared to read Batman because of the number, five whatever i was like oh my god in fact i got into it after 666 so for me it was it was like five six nine or something like that Um, i got into it at the the announcement of r.i.p oh like right before r.i.p and i kind of went back and and did it yeah i uh my first issue was actually i remember the exact specific one that it was it was the one where batman fights uh the third man and he is he he he's um he has like he gives him a heart attack the third man gives batman a heart attack and he cuts off the glove he has his other hand his hand is actually under the glove and then he beats the third man's ass and then he runs away and batman realizes that something bigger and deeper is going on that was my first yeah. issue of that and um it's magic i feel like creators are the only true magicians that exist in the world and i think what i learned from grant was that there is a way to take what you feel and think about things and the stories that you want to tell and to inject that into other people through words through images through sounds not there were no sounds but like i learned that that was what you could do through this comic book and it made me want to tell stories i owe a lot to this and and the way they kind of lean into the silver age batman stuff yeah is what i loved and, and is what grant continues to do in his action comics run um yeah. with superman um uh, grant not shying away from the goofy shit that should be still in continuity and making it like work with continuity i think is is, is one of one of their strong points honestly Green, that might, uh, yeah uh-huh. they did it more recently with green lantern too um, yeah, like, uh, was it like an, an evil version of Mixoplitlick was like the action comics uh, bad guy, I think, for a bit? Um, yeah. Oh, man. It's good stuff. We, we've we now talked longer than Marco would have, for sure. I know. Um, well, I mean, it's both of our, one of our favorites, so. Yeah. yeah. One day, I really want to talk more in depth about it, but it's too much for a book club. So we'll have to figure out a way to do that. It is. Yeah. Like, I, my, my gut says RIP is a good one. But you need the like I have the knowledge of what came before, you know. But like, can you start at the beginning? Not really, because you don't get the payoff. So right, I think Batman and Robin as a collection might be the best bet. It's like, oh, Nightwing's Batman. Here's Damien. Have fun. I guess Doctor Hurt though. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, it's just it's just it's hard. It's hard one. It's really difficult, and that. And this is the last thing I'll say, but I'm like hot on this. Uh, the, the, this harkens back to an era of comics and a style of storytelling that I deeply miss, which is that granularly connected serialized storytelling. You couldn't just read Batman and Robin. Like, you, you could. You could do it. You could literally physically do it. But there would be so much that wouldn't add up or yeah. that wouldn't, the payoff wouldn't really connect with you in the same way. You wouldn't understand things. And... 
I miss when comics were okay with that. Like, hey, you can go and find out. Like, Wikipedia exists, back issues exist. Go do your homework and come back, and you'll be rewarded. I miss yeah. that. And also, Grant was doing Final Crisis at the same time. So, like, the right. big event was written by the same guy. Oh, you know, so so they yeah. were in control of the whole vision of things. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, yeah. Um, all time great. I mean, we've just gushed about it for five or minutes or whatever it's been. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you've never read that, go read Grant's uh, Grant's run of that. And Marco will will talk to you guys about his he, thoughts. He better time. have good things to say. For real. Uh, but that leaves us only one thing left to do, which is to do pals. Pull pools. our this pals. Where we're going to tell you guys the books that we're most excited about next week. You might even hear us review some amount of these on the show. Yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm interested in Miss Marvel and Moon Knight. It's a one shot there. There's uh there were two that came out today. I believe I think Miss Marvel and, um, Wolverine, Wolverine came out yeah. today. And I think Miss Marvel and the Avengers, there was another one I felt like that came out today. Um, but I just think that Miss Marvel and Moon Knight is a weird-ass pairing. Uh, it makes really no sense. Uh, but I'm kind of interested in it. So um, there's that. And then uh, the Echo Lands uh, Volume 1 hardcover comes out next week. Oh, hey. That's cool. Oh, Sean, you got to check this out. Oh, I already have, dude. I have all of the issues. Oh, have you read them? I didn't, I didn't know I you were the reading first them. One. Yeah, I read oh, the first dude, one. it gets really good. Um, this is an experience, and I'm really interested to see how it, how it translates hardcover. Um, this book is landscape. It's not portrait, um, which wrinkle number one right there, but also a lot of the splash pages fold out like a poster. So there is a tactile thing. Like, this does not really work digitally, I'm afraid to say. Right. Um, like, you literally have to pull out the pages at some points. Then there's about four pages worth of one giant panel. Um, it is a J.H. Williams third, uh, probably a a modern day master. Not probably it is he is a modern day master. So, yeah. um, he draws multiple different art styles within the same panels. So you have characters. I was I was pitching this to, to Matt. Um, you have characters that look like Tintin interacting with Barry Windsor Smith's Frankenstein in the same panel, while there's a guy that looks like a Jack Kirby Eternal fighting them from the background. Like it is, it, it plays with the idea of just comic book um, art styles, but also like animation art styles too, and news strip art styles. Um, it, it plays with art really as a, a storytelling device to give you characters, and like the art style then dictates to what the character is, which uh, it's good. It's good looking. It's good. It's good. Super high fantasy stuff. So yeah. So for those of you who don't know, uh, we get uh, early access to image books. And I wanted it. I was so excited for Echolands that I wanted to jump the gun and read it digitally. And, that, and that's how you know I was hyped. Yep. So I opened that file and I tried. And I was like, wait a second. This ain't working. I, Dude, I cannot yeah. do this. I bought issue one digitally and I read it and I was like, I, I, I need this. I need this physically. So I went to, I went to three stores trying to find it because I went like a week later. Um and I eventually found one, and I was like, "All right, this this is the only way I could read this." Yeah, um, it's good. It's good stuff. Um, you uh, are pulling Batman One Bad Day, uh, the Riddler number one by Tom King and Mitch Jarrods. So when they previewed that we would be getting these One Bad Day uh, one shots, this was one of the ones that I was most excited about because it's a creative team that obviously is so amazing. Tom and Mitch, that's fantastic. Um, but it's also a character that I really enjoy. You know, the Riddler was in the Batman, and that's cool and all. Um, but the comic book version of the Riddler, I've always found to be fascinating. And this is taking that character and kind of maybe um, pushing him over the edge. Uh, and I'm interested to see what that looks like. The, the pitch from what I remember is like trying to give each of these rogues gallery villains their killing joke, right? Right. Yep. Man, if, if there's a team that can try and pull something off, it's these guys. And I think it was Mitch's dream project from what I remember him saying. I feel like he said something like that. And then I also yeah. think he said, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he said something to the effect of if it broke 100,000 um, 
hundred thousand buys, he would get a tattoo or something. Oh wow, interesting, huh? Yeah, I'm excited for this. Uh, we're getting a Two Face one too down the line, right? Yes. We're getting a Two Face one. Clayface. Uh, there's, there's a whole bunch. Clayface, Catwoman. Clayface, another one. Underrated. I Underrated. am stoked for that one. Yeah, me too. Um, you're also pulling a surprise, surprise. Do a power bomb number three. Are they fighting orangutans? Yo, I think they are, man. And, and they're wearing exciting. like classic, like Olympia, Olympic wrestling singlets. So like the idea that I had where like each tag team is their own style of wrestling. Uh, I think I was onto something. Yeah, I mean, I this book is is so cool and so fun. Um, I can't wait to see what Daniel Warren Johnson has in store for us. And when you put animals on a cover, especially if they're gorillas or apes, oh, the Mar- Marvel apes variants must have d- done damage to your wallet. I don't think I bought a single one, but oh, okay, well, especially if they can talk. That's a hook. And then it's wrestling. Like, hello? This is. Yeah. There's never been a book more for me. These are just the Creed brothers from NXT 2.0, from, from what, I'm, what I'm seeing here. These orangutans are in Diamond Mine. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, this is like, a, this is like an, an Insta pick whenever it comes out. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, Marco's not here, but he's picking up Strange number five. Uh, I guess Marco stuck with this, apparently. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was good. I, I didn't stick with it, um, Me neither. Um, but uh, he's not here to talk about it, so whatever. Uh, and then uh, Avengers X-Men Eternals AXE Death to the Mutants one shot. Um, I don't I, I'm a guess. I'm I, I'm a guessing. Uh, I'm guessing this is just another like like what the uh, Green Lantern thing we just read was. Or it's just like a, a good little tie in book. Can you do you know the creative team here? Uh, I know Kieran Gillen's writing it that much. Okay. I know. So now that I've read AXE Judgment Day number two, I'm less excited. But you can always get me with a clean tie. So if this is good, that's going to hype me up for number three. Yeah, it looks like a, a Gio Villanova is the artist. I'm unfamiliar who, with who that is. Um, but yeah, well, it's, it's a tie in, so. And there's there's a variant by Lanil Yu that literally has the event uh, the X Men face to face versus the Eternals. So maybe this is more of a uh, I can see this being maybe what was happening on the island while they were fighting, like little snapshot stories here sure. and there. But um, sure, you guys will um, very likely be reading that next week. So and that was our pulse. So yeah. Kale's too busy uh, doing his uh, his walkabout in uh, in the U S. right now. So. We'll, we'll see him uh, in a couple weeks. Thank you, Tyler. It's been uh, been great duoing with you, tag teaming, as some might say. Yep, yep. Not like the Creed Brothers. More like uh, hmm. what kind of tag team will we be? Will we be? Not a Hardy Boys. I'm not getting a Hardy Boys feel. Not the Hardy Boys. Um, I'm gonna say Dominic and Rey Mysterio. Whoa. I want to be Dominic. Oh, all right. Listen, if, because you want to get beat up by Rhea Ripley, I get that. Yo, I've uh, anytime anyone posts about that, I just uh, reply on Twitter with the uh, Dolph Ziggler. It should have been me uh, video. I have that on deck now. Just ready. You know, I like to think of us as a two man power trip. OK, Triple H and okay. uh, Steve Austin. I'll be Steve Austin. This is OP. That's an OP team. Yeah, and it also means you're going to tear your quad really fast. Like, really yep, yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And also means I'll have a, a horrible Katie Vick storyline eventually, too. So, Moving past that, <laughs> uh, thank you guys for listening. We appreciate it, as ever. Let us know if there are any books you want us to review for next week. Uh, you can do that by leaving us a comment wherever it is possible to leave a comment. We will check it. We will read it. And we may choose your book. Who knows? Uh Patreon.com slash the comics pals. If you want to support us, we'd appreciate that. Uh, Twitch.tv slash the comics pals. You can watch this show live every single Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern, Saturdays at 10 15 Eastern a.m. for the main show. Um, Chainsaw Man Book Club. Come join our Discord. Come hang out with us. 
Join our Discord. Lots of fun stuff going on over there all the time. Great community. Yeah, we did a little stream of multiverses this past week, too. So, like, uh, yeah. uh, Sean and I had some fun. And I, hear, I hear Sean's uh, kind of a fan of it. So, uh, yep. maybe if you're in the Discord and you want to talk about that in the Video Juegos section, uh, we can get another stream going. If, if uh, yeah, there's some, some listener feedback. Listener. Yeah. yeah, totally. I know uh, Snake of Talents. I, I know. I know you play, so. Yeah, we got a couple, got a couple people that play. But um, thank you guys so much for listening. We will see you guys next time. Until then, we're the Comics Pal signing off. Take care, guys. Uh, see you next week. Ooh, I got to do it this time. All right, cool. Go.